Sharika Matthews, and you're listening to Orgasmic Relationships, a podcast designed to show women how to create deep, passionate, soul-stirring relationships. Each week, we will discuss topics ranging from dating, situationships, marriage, divorce, and everything in between. So if you're ready to transform your love life and shift your perspective about what's really possible for you, you're in the right place. ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Orgasmic Relationships. I am your host, Sharika Matthews, life coach and relationship expert. In today's episode, we're going to hit on yet another powerful yet sensitive topic, religion, purity culture, and how it affects our ability to create relationships. To help us have this conversation, I have invited Jandrika Fee to join me on today's episode. Jandrika is living in empowerment of herself and others. Born in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma to Christian parents, the eldest of four girls and a biblical studies graduate, she never dreamed of being a teacher, never mind an oral English teacher at SIAS University in Zhangzhou, China. She went to Asia to change Asia, but Asia changed her. After living in China as a Christian missionary, hosting a two-year Bible study for seven curious Chinese freshman college students, her sense of curiosity inhale and later exhale when returning to the practice of Western religion. This experience opened Jandrika's mind to travel the world, doing what she has been empowered, mentored, and equipped to do. Since returning to the States, her newly found curiosities has led her to a new passion in physical fitness, wellness coaching, and the outdoors, where she experiences more of God's glory. Jandrika is also the author of the book, Lord, I Don't Want to Die a Christian. Thank you for joining me here today, Jandrika. It's good to be here. Thank you for a great (laughs) introduction. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. This is all a reflection of the work that you've done, the growth and exploration that you've experienced throughout your life. And I'm really excited just to hear more about your journey, specifically about how religion has affected your outlook and your experience in in relationships. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? That's a a great, um, great start to this interview. Um, You know, religion for me actually uh, held me back um, Mm -hmm. from... Uh, relationships, if you will. My relationship was with religion, not not necessarily people. Mm. Um, until I left to go to China, my relationship was uh, with religion. Um, and, you know, then I had a, a relationship on the side. I had a side piece called ministry. <laughs> um, <and> so, <laughs> I like that. Your side piece was the ministry. My side piece piece was ministry. And so um, I, you know, when it was time to, I grew up in, 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 you know, Pentecostal church in an expression called Kojic or Church of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because my relationship, if, if I had one, I wasn't aware of it. I didn't have an awareness at that time. But it's all I did. It's all I, you know, a lot of what my parents had us involved in. Um, 
I didn't really know people. And so when people, when I was able to kind of be aware of, of people and, and uh, people behavior, um, a lot of it was shocking, mm. you know, because I assumed, you know, mm-hmm. everybody who was walking through those doors uh, meant good. Mm. You know, I assumed um, that everybody standing in a pulpit uh, meant well. Mm. And for a long time, I had to learn the hard way Yeah, that uh, not everyone step up crossing the threshold that sits under a crucifix is, is, is well, yeah. you know, um, it, you know, has a pure heart even. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my relationship was with religion and my side piece was ministry. Yeah, that's and I think that's in line with what I hear a lot of I'm going to say well-meaning older people give single women as advice. Seek God first. Um, You know, you got to have a relationship with God first. And I think on the surface, that is good advice. But when you begin to shut out the world what would they say um be of the world but not be in the world and then mm-hmm. you are so focused on religion so focused on meeting the rules and regulations that they tell you you should do to be a good christian be a good woman there no one's really teaching you how to build authentic and healthy relationships mm-hmm. in in real life yeah and i i want to i want to say for me particularly um, my re- a relationship with religion and and a re- you know and the side piece being ministry for me is not the same thing as a relationship with God. It's mm. two, three, those are three different. All right, things. all right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can agree with that. Yeah, you know, so so for a long time I had a relationship with religion and and uh, you know uh, tipping out with, with ministry, but without a relationship with God or Mm. not prioritizing a relationship with God. Mm. So that's different for me. And, and so Mm. because I finally started prioritizing a relationship with God and, and, and authentically expressing that, that has contributed now to a diverse group of relationships and prayerfully health, uh, healthy, yeah. Let me ask you this. How do we define relationship? Because listen to what you're saying. You had a relationship with, with religion, with your side piece being be ministry, and you had not really prioritized relationship with God. And it makes me wonder if growing up, did we really understand what it meant to have a relationship? Because we're taught either intentionally or unintentionally, that being attached and being so involved with religion is your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It does make sense what you're saying. That's why I made the uh, made the difference yeah. um, for two reasons, you know, technically and experientially. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, I was doing church. Um, I was doing ministry, yeah. and I, but I wasn't prioritizing, um, you know, everything that it's supposed to mean. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. It's supposed to mean, um, or it's supposed to be about uh, God. It's supposed to be God centered versus it was me centered. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that's a good question. What is, what is relationship? And we often, um, I, maybe I should speak for myself. I do my best not to take for granted that I know what these words mean because they're so common. Yeah. But for me, it's what I have committed to giving my energy to. Mm, that's um, good. You know, on a, not even for, as it relates to my relationships with God, not even on a day-to-day basis, on a mm-hmm. breath-to-breath basis. Yeah. Like it is, um, it I'm giving my energy to the thought and the notion that mm-hmm. there is something greater um, and something that created me. Um, I'm giving my thoughts and, uh, and not, I'm sorry, not my thoughts, but my energy, my belief um, to uh, the thought that there's something greater and bigger. And it actually doesn't have to be, is what I say. Yeah. Uh, you know, there doesn't have to be a God. You don't have to believe in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people who don't. Um, uh it, it, it started out, I believe, as an idea, just like mm-hmm. my book started out as an idea. Yeah. But what happened is, is I gave energy to the to the thought. I gave energy to the idea of of this book and the title and yeah. it manifested as a yeah. as a, you know, as an experience. And so um, me giving energy to the belief or or the notion or the idea that there is a God produces an experience for me that I like. Yeah. You know, um, there's one thing to, to, to believe in a, in a God. There's another thing, uh, to now, um, give that, uh, that idea an identity, Mm. Uh you know, so it is written that God is love. So Mm -hmm. that is an identity. So I give my energy to what I believe or, or, or the belief that there is a God and then to believe that God is love, then those, that, that mixture, if you will, the combination and the friction of that, my energy, that mm-hmm. belief, and then that identity creates an experience that I like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love that description of that because that's, that's really is what what relationship is, whether you're talking about relationship with God or relationship with another human being is what you are committed. Number one, what you're committed to giving your energy to and how that energy makes you feel. It gives you that experience that you desire, that experience of growth, that experience of the identity of love, the experience of feeling protected. It gives you the experience that you desire at the core of your being. And because it gives you the experience that you desire, you begin to to grow and put more energy into that thought. And that's why on many levels, what you choose to believe has such an effect on your life. <laughs> you talking good, sis. <laughs> you, you know, because, because the thing is, is you can be giving your, you can be committing your energy to what is also harmful. Yes, absolutely. And, uh-huh. and be, and be, and so when you commit your energy to what is harmful, 
there's an experience that is birthed out of that. Yeah. And if you, so then you decide, do you like that or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so, uh, you know, I, I talk to young people a lot about, uh, don't come, come complaining to me about relationships and, and he won't do it. He, and he's showing you. Right. You know, um, but you continue to give your energy to what is harmful. Yes. But, and, and, and you see this often, um, we get, we're so committed to the thoughts that we ignore the experience. That's so good. Somebody write that down. <laughs> Don't be so committed to the thought that you ignore the experience because yes. that's like going back to your example of work with young women, not just young women. I see this in, in, you know, women who's been in relationships for five or 10 years and unmarried or people who are married and in a relationship, but they're so unfulfilled. They, they feel like they're a slave or a servant to a, to a master. And they're unhappy. But they're so committed to the idea of being married. They're so committed to the idea of being in relationship with the man. They're so committed to the idea that their self-worth is attached to the definition of what it means to be a Christian wife and a Christian mother and a Christian woman that they ignore the experience that's actually causing them harm mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You can... the. You know, there's there's power in belief. You know, yes. believing is energy. Uh, lately, I've been wondering and been meaning to kind of break open uh, my Greek and Hebrew, as you uh, mentioned earlier, um, to to see if it is now faith is the energy mm. of mm. things before. Yes, the substance is the energy. Yeah, energy. you're right. Um, and so, uh, and the evidence of things not seen. And so, you know, I'm learning that, uh, you know, we'll experience life according to what we believe about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if, if you believe, well, your belief in a person who is harmful Perhaps uh, if you think that that person is good, but instead they're harmful, you'll still you'll stay based on your belief while the experience is harmful. Yes, if that makes sense. And yeah. I'm working through that as we as we as we talk. I'm just seeing it, you know. Um, so you you know, I don't know if your relationship is with the belief. Hmm. <laughs> or mm. with the or with the person that is harmful. That's good. But then the question I would ask is if you are in a relationship with someone who's giving you a harmful experience, what person to right. get you to commit to that person right. and continue to have that experience? Like some of the belief is uh, oh, he'll change. Mm. <laughs> God's gonna change his heart. And mm. I believe God is powerful now. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. I believe that God can do anything. Mm. Um, the question is, would the man do anything? Right. <laughs> and, and and to be and be to be fair to the audience, will the woman do anything? Yes. Um yes. 
you know so it's it it's a just you know so there's a lot to think about and and just try to check if you will what it is what is we we believe about uh people you you remember um what sis said and i i use that word lightly Mm -hmm. um when people show you who they are yeah there we go with that energy word Mm -hmm. believe them (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and I, i shared with my audience a couple of weeks ago and i said you don't have to worry about someone cheating on you if you trust yourself to take care of you meaning mm. that trust yourself to take to walk away trust yourself to address the issue trust yourself to do what's best for you and mm-hmm. that's the the right so again it goes back to the idea of what you're going to give your energy to what are you going to have who are you going to have a relationship with and if you are committed in a relationship to a person or committed to a religion or committed to an idea mm. that does not add good to your life but instead is adding harm will your relationship with yourself step up and say this is not good for me and i choose to change my relationship or sever my relationship with this person thing or idea and choose something differently oh this is such good language (laughs) (laughs) whoa i love it it's too early for this Look, it's the best time to get started. It's at eight o'clock in the morning, okay? Girl, my brain is like, yes. <laughs> but and this was, I know, on my journey um, into the, the the space I am now, into the the woman I am now. It was really about me learning what relationship meant and learning to choose. Mm-hmm. because like you, I grew up in a very strict religious household. I was brought up Church of Christ and, you know, like they're, I, I th- I, of course, I think their intentions are good, but just some of the stuff I was taught to believe is just like, really? Like women didn't really have much of a voice growing up, especially in my household. Um, we had to give ourselves so much to the idea that there was right and wrong and no gray area. Mm. We had to give ourselves so much to the idea that we as women were responsible for men, which is quite interesting in the sense of I had to watch how I dress, how I walk, how I talk. Right. (laughs) As to not cause the man to stumble. And if the man stumbles, he's just being a man. Or we'll just turn a blind eye because, you know, he's a guy, you know, right. where he's supposed to be the head of the household and head of the earth. And, you know, if he does something, oh, well, you know, it just wasn't as much emphasis in what I'm going to call purity for men as there was for women. And mm-hmm. so um, I'll tell you this story. I remember, and, and this is just a part of a lot of the things that was taught growing up. But I remember um, I didn't become a Christian till I was, I don't know, 18 or 19. I remember growing up, my dad asked me, he was saying, he asked me, um, why had I not become a Christian? I told him it was too stressful being a Christian. I'll take my chances going to hell. Like, yes, I remember this. I remember this. <laughs> And I'm 
just like, it was just so many rules to follow and so much pressure to put on me as a young girl. And I'm seeing men not being held accountable. I'm seeing um, the leaders of the church saying and doing whatever they want to do and they not get reprimanded. But as a woman, I got to come up and confess my sins and mm -hmm. ask everybody for forgiveness. And some men did it too. But you know, if you're a woman and you do, you're showing yourself to be humble and a good Christian and a good woman the way God intended for it to be. And and I've always known at the core of my spirit that that was not who I, I am. And that's not who I was created to be in such strict sense of the word. Yes. And I, um, I really had to go on a journey of defining for myself, number one, who God is. Number two, what does it mean to be in relationship with God? Mm -hmm. And then number three, how does that show up in my life? How do I desire for that to show up in my life? Right. You know, and that journey, it was rough. Because <laughs> you have to take so much off. You yeah. know, that's, that's kind of why I wrote the book. It, it was to, or I started to document, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, like David taking off the armor that was given to me. You know, David, uh, before he went to fight Goliath, he had been given all this armor and it didn't fit him, mm -hmm. you know, so... I had been clothed, if you will, by religion and Christianity and clothed and prepared and reared to be somebody um, that I later found out I am not. Yeah. Uh, I was willing to do it. If yeah. it were not for go the opportunity to go to China, we I wouldn't be here today yeah. on this side doing this. Like I never would have dreamed to be having this kinds of conversation. Um, I was supposed to be in the pulpit. I was supposed to be traveling <laughs> and reaching. Um, yep. you know, that's those are things I was prepared and reared to do. And you have to, when you figure out that there is more uh, to God um, or to the thought of it or the notion or the idea of it and people, you yeah. got to take some of that stuff off. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. Know, to, to get to who that is, you know. Who is God and and how did the idea come to be? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and, and, and what do I think about me and how do I see me in, in, in the uh, in that spectrum, in that world, in that place and, um, and with people? You know, yeah. it's just it's crazy how the journey to taking it off yeah. um, and for me only to be revealed to myself, if that makes sense. So yeah. I had to take all this stuff off only to finally then see a little bit of me. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm confrontational. <laughs> I like it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so beautiful. Or, uh, right. Or I'm provocative. I'm provoking yeah. thinking. Yeah, oh, I'm I love it. it. Yeah. You know, I God gave me these hips for a reason, honey. Right. <laughs> You know, and, and, and that's the, the powerful thing about the journey is that you learn who you are 
and you get to build a relationship with yourself. You learn yeah. who God is and you build a relationship with God. And then you're like, oh, now I know how to, to learn who other people are and see them for who they are and choose who I want to build a relationship with. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that's, that's right. And that is such an empowering feeling. It really is like, um, I don't know. I can't remember if I told you, but I had been married before and I got married because <laughs> I got married because number one, I told God I was ready to be married. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him to be my husband. So I married Thank the next guy I met. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, that didn't work out too good. Uh-oh, uh-oh, but, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> but part of the reason and the marriage, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, lasted about 18 months. And the reason it lasted even that long is because like you said earlier, I believe I was more attached to the religion. I was more attached to my relationship with religion than I really was to who I am. And I didn't have understanding clearly of who God is, which cre- which allowed me to choose someone who was not the best person for me and created so much chaos and confusion that it literally became physically unhealthy for me, not to mention emotionally and spiritually unhealthy for me. Wow. And um, and that experience really made me go back and say, once I left the relationship uh, or I divorced him, um, I went back and asked myself, what do I really believe about myself? And what do I really believe about God? Because I go back to that conversation I had with my dad when I said that I would take my chances going to hell. Because right. I, when I made that decision to get a divorce, my I was taught by you know 20 some odd years of religion that if I got a divorce for anything other than sexual infidelity, I was going to go straight to hell. Mm-hmm. And if I remarried, and I think it was on me. If I remarried, I was going to be in a constant state of sin. And my my second husband would be in a constant state of sin because I was still spiritually married. Mm-hmm. And because the relationship was was so unhealthy, I, I, told, I told myself, really, I was like, you know, I take my chances. <laughs> I will choose. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get this divorce because I actually want to live. And... If I now I'll, I'll take a chance and stay in single until I figure this thing out because it's hard for me. It was hard for me to believe at that time that God would send me to hell for leaving someone who was unhealthy for my well being. That's right. And it was I, that I, decision I, I, to choose. Yeah, it was that decision to choose. That decision to say, who who am I? Who is God? And how does He really show up in my life and affect my decisions? I actually agree. I I actually believe that it's one and the same. I actually, um, you know, believe um, in the part of the story that is attributed to Moses writing um, that we were created in the image and likeness of God. Yep. Mm. I believe it's one and the same. The Mm. problem is, is what do you believe about the image and likeness of God? Yes. Oh, that is good. You know, what What do you believe about the image and likeness of God? And whatever you believe that is, that's what you reflect. Mm. 
if you believe in God, number one, if you believe we were created in the image and likeness of God, number two. So yeah. then what do you believe about the image and likeness of God? Yeah. And so, yeah. so you know, then you then you reflect or manifest as that belief. And often we run into and create relationships with people who don't share those same uh, mm. or don't give their energy to, thank you, Lord, mm -hmm. that don't give their energy to those same ideas or those same beliefs. Okay. Number one, I believe in God. Number two, I believe I was creating an image and likeness of God. And number three, I believe God is love. Mm. So if God is love, then, and I, I'm creating the image and likeness of love, then I manifest as love. Mm. That is such a powerful question because as I'm thinking about my experience with my first marriage, who I believe God was at that time, I believed him to be vengeful. I believed Ooh. him, I believe God to be vengeful. Oh, I believe God to be petty. Come on. <laughs> if I'm really real about it, and that is exactly what I manifested in my relationship. That is wow. exactly what I manifest. Because that, that, that is what, heavy. that is the paint. That is the, the portrait of God that I was that taught. Was because remember, right. Because again, religion taught me that if I sin one second and die the next, I'm going to hell. So that means that God is watching every move and mm -hmm. he's going to punish me for every single mistake. And because, and because I knew that I was imperfect and there was really no way I could get it right all the time, I lived in constant fear of God. And it wasn't that respectful fear. It was literal fear of God. And I really believe that God was in the business of punishment. Because, again, look at the stories that was drilled in us. Um, not us, but I can say for me, drilled in me growing up was, you know, and I forget all the characters of the Bible, the 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 man who actually touched the Ark of the Covenant because it was about to fall over and then God swallowed him up in the ground. That's scary. I'm like, I was trying to keep the thing from falling. You're just going to swallow him up? Mm. <laughs> and and, and the, the thing is, uh, a part of the reason we have that fear is because we are not putting people in the story. Yeah. Somebody had to tell that story. Yeah. So who is that person? What is their perspective? Um, you know, even with Adam and Eve, uh, uh, as the story or the narrative goes, when they leave the garden, they have a perspective of the experience. Yeah. I write in the book that they did not tell their own story. Mm, that is and, very and so true. What is what is their story? And and this is this according to probably the most popular bible used in the world is the king james version yeah. and it's most popularly used by black people i don't care yep. which church you from yep they believe that that is the authoritative because <laughs> so, my, my dad's excuse was if a king put his name on the bible that's got to be some authority behind oh I was my like, god you know see, who king james is? <laughs> right he, it, and does anybody know that the story the narrative is that he was gay yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and <laughs> so, you know, but again, he, your dad is a, a very good example of, 
of what I'm talking about. We have to uh, give the perspective or leave the perspective with that person. Yeah. And find your own. Find your own. And so the person who's telling the story about the, the man who touched the Ark of the Covenant, who's mm. telling that story? Yeah. You know, who's telling the story of Adam and Eve, um, you know, and, and and their perhaps perspective of of being dismissed from the garden? Mm. Who's telling that story? Yeah. So, you know, if the people if 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 the story of the guy uh who that touched the Ark of the Covenant? He, obviously, he's not telling the story in the didn't. narrative. If the narrative <laughs> is true, he died. Right. <laughs> he got swallowed up. Okay. He didn't right. just die. He just went just so, disappeared. <laughs> right. So someone else is telling that story, and and their perspective of it is also involved. Yeah. So I get to decide based mm-hmm. on those facts if I'm going to invest or commit my energy to that story. And I also write about this in the book of deciding if I get to decide in real life, whose story I invest my energy and time in, in in current relationships, why don't I get to do the same thing as it relates to the Bible? Mm. Yeah. But think about it too. Do a lot of people believe they have the power to choose their current relationships? What? I'm telling you, it all <laughs> it all interrelates. How we how we show up in relationship with God shows up in our relationship with people, right, wrong, or indifferent. It is it's all a reflection. It's all a mirror of the same. It's a globe. <laughs> it is it's yeah. a whole sphere. Yeah, and and that's the one thing. Whoever's listening, reevaluate your power to choose that's and so understand. Good. And understand that you, aside from the thought of free will, the power behind the free will is the freedom to choose. Right. So it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to seek understanding. It's okay to say, no, this is not for me. It's okay to say, yes, this is for me. And it's okay to change your mind along the way because it happens. It's a part of growth. It's a part of awareness. It's a part of discovering who you are, who God is, and who people are. Okay. I uh, I write um uh, an entry in a book called "Knocking on the Door of a Sunday School Lesson," mm-hmm. and really the the notion behind it, not that I thought of it just until now, is the the ability and the uh, um, freedom to choose. Yeah, and and what it is is deciding that I don't believe about God, what the story wants me to believe. Mm. And the story is, is that God, you know, changed his mind about creating humanity. Mm. And, and because humanity didn't turn out to be what he thought or created it to be, he decided he was going to kill everybody and start over. (laughs) And And you wonder why I thought God was vengeful. (laughs) Right, right, right. I thought about that earlier. And so, you know, but what goes into that? So as human as humans, you know, when we when we see a mass shooting, we talk about the disconnect, how disconnected you have to be from humanity 
from your mm-hmm. own humanity to do something like that. Yeah. Why is it it's it's okay to mourn that thought? It's okay to to uh recognize and magnify that reality that someone has to disconnect from humanity to commit a mass shooting. Mm. Why is it okay to think that but not think that about God? Yeah. That God would have to disassociate himself with humanity to kill humanity. Wow. And not just that. If humanity is made in the image and likeness of God, then he would have to disassociate himself from, from himself. himself. Yep. Come on. Come yep. on, Trika. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so here so the point in bringing this up is is I am choosing not to believe in the narrative. I definitely am not preaching it as a mm-hmm. preacher. Yeah. As an ordained reverend, mm-hmm. I'm not preaching that anymore. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, you know, they didn't teach us that part. They just, yeah. you know, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and he landed high <laughs> and dry. Yeah. You know, rather than the whole, the entire story, which I write, you know, m- might have been a hard thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, as an adult now reading the entire narrative, I am choosing not to believe. That God disassociated himself from himself mm-hmm. to then murder, commit mass genocide, um, yeah. you know, to start over by sending a, a flood and, and wiping out women and children. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I want to say to you personally, Chantrika, is I so admire and encourage your bravery. And I say that because the journey that you are on, the truths that you've come into realization of, you don't keep it to yourself. (laughs) And I say that because, you know, I talked about some of the things that I was taught growing up in, in my religion. And I know people and family members who are still a part of that religion who don't believe the things that are currently being taught to them, but they continue to associate oh. themselves. Right. And we only talk in whispers. <laughs> I don't really believe what he just said in Sunday school yesterday, but you know, it's whatever. Like we, we keep it a secret. <laughs> I don't know why. And, and maybe it's just fear of, of being ostracized, fear of not being accepted, fear of being rejected. But there is a certain level of courage, a certain level of boldness it takes to discover the truth of anything and everything for yourself and then finding the courage to speak on it. And I just want to say how proud I am of you. And I'm glad that we connected and that others can hear your story and hear your courage. And that could encourage them to find their truth and find their way in whatever it is that they're struggling with right now. Amen. Thank you so yeah. much for that. Thank you. Yeah. And so a couple things before we, we wrap up today. Number one, tell us a little bit more about your book. Lord, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to die a Christian. Because we, right, we alluded right. to it a couple of times already. But tell us, that's the gist of it. And then tell us where we can find your book. Um, the, the, the 
inspiration behind the book came after um, my experience of the world expanded. Um, mm. I went to China again, as you uh, said earlier, uh, to change China and China changed me. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, but I, I didn't kind of didn't realize how much I had evolved until I came back to the States, um, went back to church as I knew it and felt claustrophobic, couldn't breathe. Mm. Um, and I started to ask questions of the things that um, we were being, I was being reminded of because I wasn't being taught anything new, just hearing the same things. Um, and now through a different experience of the world and of people and was like, this is not fitting anymore. And, and so I started to document um, my questions while in China, teaching my kids, my students, you know, Bible study, them being a blank slate, they asked questions and yeah. they did it so normally, you know, yeah. when we was growing up, we just, yeah, you don't ask we, questions. You just we don't ask it. questions, but mm -hmm. they were they were asking me like, you know, well, uh, um, why would Jesus want to split up families? And I was mm -hmm. like, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you know, and so they really contributed to um, uh, breathing, if you will, um, into my curiosity. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I, it, it, it existed but it was silent. Yeah. Um, and so they took their little paddles, you know, and shocked it. <laughs> and when I came back to the States, um, I realized that my curiosity was alive and breathing and thriving. And I, but I had to start with asking questions of the foundation, you know, and I thought that if I'm asking questions, somebody else is, and there are lots of books about um, about God and and some of them I've read. And a lot of them are uh, theologically inspired or um, uh, divinity school inspired. They have lots of uh, deep, if you will, intellectual um, communication or word style. Mm hmm. I just felt like somebody there, there are people out there who just need to know experiences. Yeah. Day to day, daily conversations with God that mm -hmm. we are not having intellectually, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I started to document it. Literally there are dates um, in the, in each journal entry. So the book is called Lord, I don't want to die a Christian, my journal and journey to freedom and so I literally have dates uh, where I revisit uh, um, things that, that Christianity taught me, either based on experience, based on prayer, um, based on sitting at a stoplight, daydreaming. You know, I have mm -hmm. an entry called my daydreams question. Um, and, and so when I'm inspired, I write down the date. Um, and the day I was rethinking or the day I had an experience that made me rethink and what the experience was. And uh, I re I'll, I'll give this example and move on. I was sitting at um, a, at a Publix a grocery store here in my, my hometown. And uh, I was listening to a song um, by the wine, two Winans sisters, Debbie and, yeah. and, um, and her sister Angie Winans. And the word started out with, uh, 
with every child that's born, another soul is lost. Mm. Wow. And, and the, the thing is, is that, and this is, this, that entry is dated very late. Matter of fact, it may be the last entry in my book that I believe I wrote very early 2022. Okay. So w- when I say journey and experiences, I mean, I was sitting in the parking lot at Publix listening to this this music, that CD is so old. It's, yeah. It was released early 2000s, if not late 1990s something. Yeah. And for the first time, I'm hearing them say, I mm. have this music, y'all. It's so old and 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 so, you know, uh, but yet so uh, the, the beats and the music, the tracks are still pretty, pretty fresh. Yeah. They were ahead of their time. But the music, when it was produced and released, is was years ago. And I'm just now hearing, with each wow. child that is born, another soul is lost. And I thought to myself, why have children? Mm. If you believe That's that as true. a Christian, yeah. if you believe that you are, that God is sending to you from heaven a lost soul, why have children? Wow. So I asked Christianity that question. And so that's what I mean by having these experiences, being present and being aware enough um, to then ask questions and then uh, boldly announce the question, boldly announce that I have them. It's the authentic person I am. It's the the expression of authenticity uh, for me that I'm enjoying. So that's yeah. that's kind of the book. After each entry, there is a journal entry for the reader to write as well. So okay. whatever uh, uh, whatever my journal entry triggers for you, you're welcome to to write along with me. Good. Thank you for sharing that. And your book can be found on Amazon, correct? Amazon. Thank you for reminding me. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, books a million. There's if you want to support uh, black businesses, Book Mecca um, also carries it, and a plethora of other um, uh, places. I, I I have no idea about. I don't know who they are. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me here, Gentrika. This has been such a wonderful conversation, and I'm sure our audience has gained so many nuggets for them to go back and really chew on and think about and come to their own, I would say, awareness of how they want to show up in their relationship with themselves, their relationship with God, and then eventually their relationship with other people, particularly their romantic relationships. And also, one more thing, how can our audience get in contact with you if they have questions about your journey or questions about your services? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as Chandrika D. Fee. You All can hit right. Me up at, at any of those, I'm on LinkedIn as the same, um, and TikTok not so much, but yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for your time here today. I have so enjoyed our conversation, and to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in today for another conversation here on Orgasmic Relationships. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye bye.